Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Well, welcome to another episode of Midlife Moxie. I'm your co-host, Gail. And I'm Christina. And we have a fun guest for you today. We're going to be chatting with Heather Tolly Bauer. And y'all, she became a comedian in midlife. A comedian, I guess I should say. And she made a complete life pivot. And so I'm super excited to hear her story. And I know you guys are really going to enjoy it. You know, we have some professional jokes today. So I know that'll be a welcome break for our listeners. Right, Christina? Oh, my God. Gosh, I'm so excited. Like, I love comedy. Whoop, whoop. But they're used to our free jokes. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sure Heather's going to bring the they're, action. <laughs> they're used to our comedy slapstick. It's if y'all can see the look on her face, it's kind of like, what have I got myself into here? These two. So welcome, Heather, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, welcome to our midlife space. We're all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. And sounds like you're doing just that. So prior to becoming a comedian, tell us what Heather's life looked like. Well, so Heather was a, uh, well, w- way prior to becoming a comic, I was a, I was a public relations executive. I was a vice president of public relations for a large bank in Connecticut. And then Ooh. I know, sounds very swanky. And then I... It sounds very serious. It, was, it, it doesn't was, sound comedic. It was. It was very serious. Banking is so boring. Banking is as, as, as boring as it sounds. And so I did that for a while. And then I stopped doing that and uh, started my own business. And I started a, uh, a concierge business, y'all. I was running errands for people. Mm. I know. It was a lot of fun. And then I had uh, my son in 2008. Then I, I started doing a different kind of consulting. I was a public relations consultant for large companies. I'd come in, I'd solve a problem, and then I'd, I'd get out. And then we moved to Atlanta, you guys. Atlanta, Georgia. What? So now at this point, you've been in pretty serious industries, corporate, corporate related, serving people in corporate for what, 20 years? Yeah. Well, I mean, math is hard, y'all. I uh, I mean, yeah, I had done that from 2000. Well, uh, I started my corporate career in like 96, 97, somewhere in that area, and then retired from the banking industry in 2006. Yeah. So 2008. Yeah. 20 years. 20 years. Wow. Wow. And did you have a degree in some of this stuff you were doing? Yeah. So I've always been um, a great uh, communicator. You know, like I'm not afraid to talk in front of people. I actually fear dying more than I fear talking in front of people. That's that's kind of like my (laughs) superpower, right? Some people think those go together. I know. Well, in in comedy, sometimes they do. (laughs) I've always been a great speech writer, communicator, whatever. And I do. Yeah, I do have a degree in mass communications and eked out a a really great public relations career. And, uh, you know, and then just 
just decided to to do other things. But when we moved to Atlanta, my son was going off to kindergarten. My husband is an executive with a Fortune 5 company. And for the first time in my life, I was a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, what? <laughs> what so I want to go back for just a minute to before you moved to Atlanta, because this is a point I really want to kind of stick a pin in. We talked about this a lot here that sometimes we feel like women stay with jobs, stay with careers that they selected when they were 19, 20, 21 years old. You know, there's that push to select your major, you know, when you're in college, what do you want to do with your life? You know, we start asking kids that when they're six years old and, you know, our brain's not even fully developed at that point. And so is that kind of what happened to you? Did you just keep rocking along or did you really love it and were content to be there? I always loved being in the public relations space. I always loved that. I knew that that was that was a calling for me. I knew that that was I, I just love communications. I love public relations. I didn't love the company I was working for. Um, it was a really toxic environment. And I, listen, I did the great resignation before it was hashtag trending. You know what I mean? Like I did that back yeah. in 2006. I'm like, what goodness. did that look like? Did you like, um, I was 36 years old and, uh, did not, was not a mom, you know, not even thinking about being a mom. And I just, oh, I was so lucky to just realize that life is too flipping short to do um, something that just doesn't fill your bucket. And it's not that it's not the something I was doing that didn't, it was the people she I was doing it for mob. that didn't. <laughs> and how lucky was I to um brave to um, just quit. I just quit. My was it dramatic? Did you do something? Oh, did I do something dramatic? Take this job and shove it, I, um, you know? Yeah, I did was a there a song about it? No, I didn't. I, I did resign on uh, Friday the 13th, though. That was pretty good. Friday the 13th. I love it. Yeah. Did they see it coming? I don't know. That was a long time ago. They should have. Because I know when I left my regular job in the real world where the other people live, mm-hmm. I remember... I don't think they ever really thought I would do it. They knew I was dabbling in these other things and you could kind of feel the, (laughs) and then I remember when I had my first really significant thing in my new career that I went back, I'm in a business where you earn vehicles and I had earned the vehicle. And so I remember driving back up and I drove up in a little loopy thing there by the sidewalk and I called my friend and said, come outside, because I knew she was going to go back in and tell the others. So I never regretted that day. Have you ever looked back? Any regrets? No, I never regretted leaving that job. I, um, I immediately got healthier the minute that I, um, I left that environment. So I have never, I've never looked back and I've never gone back to the corporate world. Um, so I, uh, yeah, no, it, it was the, it was the, it was the hardest yet the best decision I ever made. So, so tell me this, you know, with your corporate experience and then you moving into this space of, um, comedy, did you have a lot of materials, uh, you know, heading into the, the comic <laughs> space, you know, from the years of being in this I mean, you said it, so I'm just going to repeat what you said, just boring, you know, place in your in your career. I mean, I know banking is so boring and it's like you deal with like so boring. stuffy people and, you know, you have to be a certain way. And it's like I, I, 
comics are like on the other side of the spectrum. So, so did you have a lot of material to use from, from those days or, you know, what? No, not specifically from that, but I have a lot of material that I can draw on. And I think it makes me also relatable. Um, you know, as, as a woman, I'm 51 years old. And as a woman who's um, had several chapters in my life, I think that that makes me relatable. Right. And so I also Mm -hmm. have been able to draw on, um, being a, an executive in a male-dominated field in the 90s mm. and putting up with all the stuff that we as women who were in um, the work Yeah, that the was 90s. back in the days where you're still getting your ass mm-hmm. grabbed and yeah, yeah. all that and stuff. I, you know, and I have a joke about that. You can either pay me more or grab my ass, but you don't get to do both. <laughs> <laughs> You don't get to pay me less than Joe in accounting, you know, um, and grab my ass. You pick one. So you, <laughs> pick one. is it fair to say you were a joker by nature? Oh yeah. 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 I've always been sassy. Cause Heather, Christina and I are sassy and we think we're funny. You are. <laughs> we do. And But I have this thing like it's so bad that I think I'm so funny that like if I go to see a new doctor and, you know, he's standing there in his white coat and his little officialness, like if I crack a joke and he doesn't laugh and I think, well, you're not the doctor for me. You suck. You know, I just think he's medically inept because he's not laughing at my joke. (laughs) He's humorously deficient. Yes. If you don't think I'm funny. If the doctor doesn't have a good funny bone, then I say that's a red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, good, good. We're on the same thing. Okay, so you take this job and shove I it. Job you're, and I shoved it and um and, you're staying home. Yeah, for a hot minute. You know, Christina, but you know, back back to to you know, your question. Um, so having had that experience of working in the corporate world, you know, gives me some, uh, some other areas where I can take my material and some other audiences that I can relate to and, and bring that, you know, real world first, first hand experience to, to my comedy and be credible. Yeah. You know, and, and, Cause that's what it, that's really what it, what it takes is you have to, if you want to tell great stories, you got to go out and, and have life experiences. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And that's why pivoting to comedy at 44 years old, I was 44 when I, when I started comedy, um, it wasn't something I was looking to do. I'd never said, Oh my gosh, you know, one of these, when I was a kid, I was like, when I grow up, I want to be a game show host. But some, some com- I, yeah, comics yeah. are game show hosts now. Yeah, I know they are now. They are now. It could totally happen. You've never been afraid of the spotlight or the microphone. I've never been afraid of that. Yeah. And I've always been kind of a, not only have I always been sort of a witty person, I, I say that Sesame Street really informed my sense of humor. <laughs> Like oh I had no choice. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. Right? Yes. Straight, I might man. be on the only podcast. I am on the only podcast guest who's ever said those words to you. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, you are. So far. Yes. yes. So far. That's you are putting yourself in the top too with such witty comments as Sesame Street, because you're taking me back. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Sesame Street. Sesame Street Kids and the today. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, so the Muppet. You guys. I love the two old I men. Hilarious. Oh, oh yeah. Uh 
they see and and sarcastic, right? Like that. The smart mm-hmm. and, and the double entendres of, of, you know, how Sesame Street and the Muppets in particular work on so many different levels. They work at a kid level, but they work at a grown up level. Yes. That is totally my style. I love it. Like I say things in my comedy without really saying them. And yeah, like prior to becoming a comic, did your friends always say, oh, Heather, you're so funny. Oh, yeah, constantly. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Okay. But, Christina, but if this I podcast doesn't work We're going to go to comedy. I'm, I'm going the oh, comic gosh. route. We're going on tour. Can you, you know, they have that thing with a bunch of men on tour. The three of us will just have the. <laughs> the queens of comedy. The East Coast, West Coast. Queens that. of comedy thing. Well, you know. You talked about like not being afraid of the microphone and stuff. And this is this is one of the funniest we hear all the time is people tell Christina and I or they'll say in a common space, they'll say, well, we're, we just want to change the world. We're not looking to be famous. And me or Christina are going, we are. We are. <laughs> we're we're going to be famous. So. Who's on TV show? Sign us <laughs> up. We're ready. We're, we were born for this. Mm-hmm. That's what we think. That's how funny we are, Heather. We think we should be. We should have Heather, our own what show. is your what is your son and your husband think? I mean, especially your son. How old's your son now? My son is thirteen now. He just turned thirteen a few weeks ago. And Bless yeah. you. we should stop. Yeah. Just give you a I moment. We we're just with pray you. for me right we're, now. We're with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our our youngest are both nineteen. Not, Marcus is still no, nineteen. Marcus, Marcus right? just turned twenty. Riley is nineteen. Ethan's nineteen and a half. And so we know what's to come for you, Heather. We're very, very <laughs> okay, sorry. So let's just have a moment of silence. <laughs> just have a moment. Because okay. from 13 to about 28, there's nothing you're going to do that's going to be cool, funny, intelligent, <laughs> acceptable. That's my Unless story. I'm I sticking with it. Maybe the pandemic has delayed him a little bit because so far, so good. So far, yeah. he he still likes me. and That's the trick, though, Heather. Yeah, it sneaks up in the dark of night. <laughs> that little angel that wants you to tuck him in bed. Mommy. Also, it's mom. And it's just... Ooh. Oh, okay. Let's not even. It's not beating. even mom. It's ah, mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, I guess I don't have it that bad, you guys. My my son is like mama, mom, mom, always, mom. and we vibe. Yeah. We vibe because we dance together, like in the car. So if we're going somewhere, you know, we just have our one on one time and. You're in the car together. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's mm-hmm. momentous because yeah. uh, yeah. Ethan does not. I don't know the last time we've been in a car together since he started driving. I know, right? Like, okay, so like hashtag parenting goals right there. <laughs> goals or, oh hashtag. well, she's gonna. I, you got to be careful. I just feel I would be afraid to say that out loud, Christina, because then it'll. I know. I'm not. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I, I'll take it from other people, but just I, I won't say it. <laughs> Well, so Heather, your husband got relocated to the ATL. We kind of got to that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you weren't working, right? I wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd left my, uh, my concierge slash consulting business behind, came here, um, got my son off to, uh, kindergarten and, uh, kind of got us settled here. We built a house down here. And so, um, I took six months to sort of just figure out what my next chapter was going to be. So, um, uh, January of, uh, 2014, I, or 2015, 2015, I was getting ready to turn 45 and I, not that, and I, that seemed, that seemed old at the time. 
not old. Did 40 same old? Well, not old, but like um, it, it, it seemed like a milestone. And it, and it maybe felt a little old to be starting something brand new and different. But I, um, you know what? I. But now how old were you when you had your child? 38. Don't you think sometimes, too, when we have those children a little lighter, we feel younger longer? Oh, uh, yes. Not only that, but having a 13-year-old son automatically makes people think I'm younger, especially here yeah. in the South. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, too, like if you're single and you're doing the corporate thing and you're living that life, I think 40 feels different than somebody who, you know, had their kids at 25 and 40, they say the empty nest year's coming, you know, I think that those markers, like with our careers and with our kids, I'm just spitballing here, but they seem to impact how those, what we call landmark birthdays hit, don't y'all think? I think so. I do think so. Although, so 45 was sort of, I felt like a milestone moment and I was looking at, I was looking ahead and being like, okay, well, in a few months, I'm going to be 45 years old and I'm in a new state. What do I want this next chapter of my life? A Southern state. Because you moved from the North. You had to learn it all. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my husband and I are from Southern Illinois, which is not, they like to think that they're in the South, but they're not. But uh, no, they're not. uh, But so uh, we, we were raised sort of around the St. Louis, Missouri area. So there's a lot of the same sensibilities here as the way that we were raised. And then that's, I I gotta go back to that. People in Southern Illinois think they're in the South. Really? Oh dear. Tell them that we called and they're not because (laughs) I mean, true Southerners. I mean, we even get sketchy with, you know, I know Virginia, you know, they decided to split over things, but we're certainly not going north of there and classify anybody. I mean, we, well, we don't we'll include Kentucky, Illinois. Tennessee, yeah. but you ain't going above Tennessee, you know, really claiming to be. In Southern Illinois, we don't identify with Chicago. And that's what you think of when you think of the North. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they, don't, they don't care about the Mason-Dixon line. They don't care where that is. You're or identifying as a Southern redneck in, in the bottom of Illinois. Okay, care. this is interesting. I do not care. But, uh, yeah, why was I even saying that? I don't even know. Why was I even telling you that? But we're just talking about you moving from the north oh, to yeah. the so ATL, lot, the, lot the home, the beacon of the south. Yes, we. I am in Atlanta, and it's funny because my friends, the Connecticut friends, were like, "You're really moving to Hot Atlanta." And then soon after, I was like, "You know, nobody calls it that." <laughs> I do sometimes just for fun, but you know how Nobody's I know you're not a native. Calls it that. You say Atlanta. Atlanta. Have you noticed the locals say Atlanta? Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Oh, yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Or now it's just, I love to say the ATL. I think yeah. I'm and cool when I know, say that for some reason. That's what most everybody calls it. We call it the ATL or, you know, Atlanta, whatever. Uh, I do use, I do say. We say Santa drinks Fanta. If you're fancy and you're trying to not sound so, Santa drinks Fanta in Atlanta. <laughs> oh my gosh. But we would say okay. Santa drinks Fanta so in Atlanta. The only thing in Atlanta that I have not done yet that I want to do, you guys, is go to Cascades. That's where I want to go. The roller skating rink in Atlanta. Oh, oh, I just saw that on mm-hmm. TV and oh my gosh, I'm I'm down with this roller skating thing too. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do a Let's girls do it. trip. Let's do it. Come over here. Let's- Baby, take your time. <laughs> do it. Right. 
I can see it now. So tell us. I will cannot see to the slow song. Oh my goodness. Okay. So so Heather, I want oh no, to- I'm doing the fast songs turning around oh, backwards. Lord. She's she's you gonna end up take the time. To she's gonna end up on her back. In a whole different direction, didn't we? <laughs> well, Heather, Heather, I want to talk about like you in Atlanta and and. Is that where your career kind of like started that you were doing stuff locally? Um, because yeah, yeah where, where did the yeah, shift okay. happen? Was the South just so yeah. flipping funny? Was the South just so funny? Like where you did you take the turn? Right. Let me, let, let me get, let me, let me land this plane. Okay. We'll try path. to let yeah. you, but we're big yeah. interrupters here. Let, let me get us back on our flight path here. Okay. So right into Hartsfield Jackson. <laughs> right into Hartsfield Jackson International. I um so I yes, so I was turning 45 and I was like, what next? What do I do? And did not did, Comedy was not on my radar. What was on my radar was maybe doing new and different things. Because remember back then, everybody had a blog. Yes. Do you remember that? Everybody had the podcast, mm. but everybody had not as good as your podcast, but everybody had a blog. And well, thank, thank you. you. And I um, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do something new every like week or something and blog about it. And that's how I'm going to get to know this new area. And this was like my first really like pivoting has always been a part of my my journey, right? So I find not happy at my job. I created my own. Okay. I I hate to do it again, but we're going to have to put a pin in that because, and here's why. Here we go. Here we go. Women struggle with these pivots. They really do. In all seriousness, I know this is, this is our joke edition of Midlife Moxie, but this is where I see women get stuck. They are just terrifically afraid of change and terrifically afraid of anything new. They even get I mean, we have grown women who can't walk in a room full of strangers. They just have to take a friend with them. They wouldn't even, like, I know a lot of friends who would not walk in a place and sit down and have lunch if it was a, they might in a fast food, but not in a sit down, ask for a table kind of restaurant. So I, I know you don't see it as anything odd or different, but I think your mentality on always wanting to do new things and like, I embrace change too. I like change just for the sake of change and something different. Where did that come from? Was that just always who you were? Is that something you just developed? Um, I don't know. I think that I've, I'm just naturally curious. Mm. And I think that that's, I think that that's the key, right? I think that doing what you ladies do, you have to be naturally curious. I also think it's something that women are better at, uh, than, than, than men, to be honest. I think that we innately want to just learn from each other and learn about each other. Um, but do you find that your friends are like you? Were they brave enough to just walk into something new? Some are and some aren't. I, I yeah. think that because I I think that if I'm going to be serious for a moment, I think that the answer to that is because we feel sometimes we feel a pivot is a, is a, a need to pivot or the desire to pivot is a failure. Like we're supposed to stick with something, mm. right? Like don't you know, quitters never win and winners never quit. But it's not a pivot isn't quitting; it's growing. Yes. 
It's a growth. It's a growth mm. spurt. A pivot and, is a growth spurt. I like that. And that Heather's bringing. And it. I think when you think about it that way, well, it all listen. It all relates back to why I start a comedy is one thing, but why I stay with it is a, is a whole other story. And I, isn't that always the case? I, well, I hope so. I mean, for for people, I started it because I was in this brand new area of my life and a new chapter. And for the first time in my life, I got, I I was lucky, blessed enough to be able to be a stay-at-home mom, but I wasn't fulfilled by being a stay-at-home mom. You wanted to be a work-from-home mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, even now. Just something. I needed something for myself. I've always needed something for myself. And uh, my son needed me less and less. He was going into kindergarten. And my husband, like I said, is, was an executive, is an executive with a Fortune 5 company. And I'm like, great, looking around, what, a, you know, polishing the stainless steel appliances isn't really sparking my joy. Heather, I stayed home for about maybe six, eight weeks one time when my son was first born. And I remember when it was time for Oprah was the highlight of the day. That's when you know we need an adjustment Gail, around here. My son used to point at the TV at four o'clock every day in Connecticut and say, "Oh, because ah. that." Was- oh my goodness, I love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like he lived. He he knew. Like that I mommy, didn't want to really. Was going to sit down and watch Oprah at the same time. Like his, you know, c- circadian rhythms or whatever mm-hmm. that is. You know, the biorhythms and his little like infant. He knew. he knew it was time for the big O and O, Auntie O. Now, when you were a child, just kind of a little digress moment, something I want to talk about. Um, did, wait, did you imagine yourself being home, a stay-at-home mommy, or did you imagine yourself? Which, what was your? I never. Where did you see yourself? I never imagined myself as a mom. Uh, yeah. Period. It, it, I was. I was not. My husband and I was 38 years old when I had my child because my husband and I had been married for eight years and we were on the no baby bandwagon. So <laughs> I. Uh, what changed? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Condom failure. <laughs> It's in her. I, um, it's in her uh, comics. Her her stand up comic uh, routine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing really. Nothing really changed. It was just. Um, I. I mean, uh, you know, it's a bunch of women listening to this podcast. I had to come off the pill, and and so it was like I wasn't trying to get pregnant, but I wasn't not trying to get you know. Yeah. You know, to get pregnant. And, the big dice roll. And um, let the let, let God in the universe decide. I was 37. I was like been on the pill forever. I, I really I didn't I, I just didn't think it could happen. That was me at 35. I didn't know if I could even have another one, but I had I was in my second marriage and it thought it seemed romantic to have yours mine and ours. <laughs> There's that's a whole comedy that's a whole skit right there. That's a whole other thing. You know, our our story here um in our household, Heather is I told my husband, I think I want to have another baby because I was heading into this midlife space. And he looked at me and he said, I'll get you a dog. So he brought me home a dog. Well, <laughs> I, that probably took care of, of a lot. Absolutely. Of, um, absolutely. It did. Y'all, that's funny. I have to just tell y'all this. Little, my neighbor is a doula. <laughs> oh, my God. And really? she catches babies for a living. Jeez. And she loves, she's fantastic. Right. And right here. That, right here. <laughs> my husband's like, maybe she, maybe she should talk to her. Yeah. Don't let it hit your face. Maybe you should talk to her about being on the podcast. I said, honey, she deals with delivering babies and stuff. And he's like, 
well, maybe you should talk about having babies in midlife. And I said, shut your mouth. <laughs> Just shut your mouth right now. We're not doing that. That is not good for anyone. Stop it. Shut the hell you up. Shut up right now. Nobody wants to revisit that. that talk about triggering. <laughs> We're having menopause. I mean, that shows you how clueless these men are. I had such pain in menopause. I would wake up during the night and I was dreaming that I was having a baby. That's how crampy I would be that I dreamed I was in labor. Oh and so that's horrible. On to Heather. Back to Heather. Back, is, to yes, back to me. Back to me. I so you're bored. You're at home. You have this plan that you'll just try new things. And did you have a schedule for that? No, one I, a month, no, one a year? I didn't. I didn't. I just sort of allowed myself to just sit still with myself and just sort of think about what that what that might be. And um, uh, I was watching uh, CBS Sunday morning, um, one Sunday morning, and they were doing a, a, a story on stand-up comedy. And I was like, I live in Atlanta. Anything is, everything is possible here. And I Googled. That's, that's the truth. I Googled, you know, like stand-up comedy classes. And there was a class starting the very next day. So I signed up for it and I took it and I never... I never stopped. I sort of felt like that was serendipitous. Yeah, it was a, it was God's way of here's your little nudge. Boop. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't going to stay with anything. Like next stop was going to be jumping out of an airplane or taking a lap dance class. Hey, like I didn't know. I'm all I was I'm all go. about it, girl. <laughs> you know, and I I just shut your mouth. I, stop it. I just but I stayed with the comedy because um, I I realized I got a lot of support from the women in my neighborhood. But I realized that there weren't a lot of women in this in my space talking about, um, yes, I'm very fortunate. Like I said, I'm very fortunate that I get to stay home, but I'm not fulfilled by it. And so they're really that suburban mom uh, wasn't really being um, represented. And um, did you ever feel like you didn't fit with the other moms? Like somewhat like, okay, you let me share that I homeschooled. In my day-to-day life? Well, just, yeah, like I homeschooled my last child. So when I roll into these meetings with the homeschool moms, I was not a fit. I mean, they've just finished making homemade yogurt, mm. y- yogurt darning socks, and, people, um, people you know, do that. quilting, mm-hmm. quilting a uh-huh. spread, and um, yeah, all the things. And then here I'm rolling in with these eyelashes and stars on my shirt and Lord knows what else, you know. And I just, I didn't fit in with those women who were deeply, deeply, um, completed by staying home and doing the whole thing. But I also didn't feel it fit in sometimes with that corporate baller who had no children. I wanted to be home with my children, but from my smallest, I can remember just always wanting to have it all bring home the bacon for, I always wanted to have my own money. When I was a little child, I would envision myself having a secretary and it was a man. (laughs) I mean, I was just different. And my parents used to say, I mean, they thought there was something wrong with me. My dad would call my big ass ideas. That was always his thing. You and your big ass ideas. I'm like, here I am living out my big ass ideas well, on a podcast. Mm. But I think sometimes there are those of you seem like that one, that one that's different. Like you probably don't fit in all the boxes. Um, I think that I too, you know, wanted to be with with my son there, you know, I probably, one of the reasons why I never went back into the corporate world is, is it solves a problem for us. You know, my husband does what he has to do and he used to have to travel a lot. And then it, you know, it means that I'm putting my kid on the bus and, and getting my kid off the bus. 
I, so I too wanted to, you know, live for my son, but not from the, between the hours of like eight and 3 PM. I want him out of the house. So God bless you for homeschooling is what I'm, is what I'm saying. But you know, when I moved, you wonder what's wrong with me. I mean, that, there you go. I, I do, it drove me right to the crazy I do house. sort of wonder that, but no, I, <laughs> I, um, no, cause you know why it, interestingly, I felt a little out of place more so in Connecticut than I did here in the South, because here in the South where we, where we live, um, a lot of people live here from all over the country. And Mm -hmm. so I found a group of older moms with kids that are, you know, my son's age who also wanted to have something. And I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I have found where I live. Um, we either as moms here, we either have a side hustle or we have Ulta tennis. What? <laughs> tennis. That's the Martha Joyce. She plays tennis like three or four times oh. a week. My friend Martha. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's big in the Atlanta yeah. area. And I mean, you talk about you will cut a bitch. That's the way these tennis girls are. I mean, they will freaking take really? you out. It's like mean girl. Heather's dying over there. <laughs> Do I lie, Heather? No. Oh, this serious. Christina. I don't play tennis. I don't either. But, so. Um, I, I don't, I don't feel out of place here. I don't feel out of place as a third, you know, as a 51 year old mom to a, a 13 year old son. I, I, I don't, I, I was worried I would. I was worried that, you know, most of my son's you know, the friendships that you make through your, your children's, yes. you know, that I would be way older, you know, than them and maybe not have anything in common, but, um, but no. Well, one thing we talk about too here is how, as your kids grow up, that becomes less and less because you're not going to the play day. You're not being the mommy room mom. And how are we now going to make friends? You know, it became, that was your connection well, piece. Let, I, yeah. I want to go back to sure. you, you having your first gig. Cause you went to the comedy school. So you went to comedy school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you and, could call and, it comedy school. And how long was the comedy school? Do you get a degree in it? Like, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. So, so. No, you write a check and then with the check clear. <laughs> every day no you go once a week some some comedian who uh wants to make more money um who may or may not have good skills or may or may not be an expert um puts together a class and you go once a week and you write some material and then at the end of like six or eight weeks there's a graduation show that's that's, That's how that works. And then see that whole writing material. I don't know if I could write the material in advance. I'm a little more off the cuff. Yeah. So what what happens there? Yeah, like that's style. Uh, what? Well, what did you well, ask me, well, Christina? What what happens there? So Gail is an off the cuff kind of person. You're you're in this class. They ask you to write material. Mm-hmm. How do you merge the two together? And is it a little bit mm, like? stage Friday almost if you're trying to merge the two like I think I would be pitting out and looking at everybody and being like holy shit what did I get myself into oh my gosh like I'm really doing this I'm really doing this am I really that funny like I I mean like what was going through your mind when you had to 
perform for these students? Because I'm assuming you guys had to perform, right? Yeah, like I'm more the first episode of Mrs. Maisel where she just grabs the microphone and goes. And just does when she starts writing that stuff later, I started feeling a little heart palpitations for her. Well, I mean, I think that it depends on why you're taking the class. Some people take the class never to be a stand-up comedian, but to just improve their speaking skills or just to, you know, figure out how to be funny. Because the truth is, is that, um, you know, funny, being funny makes you real relatable. Yes. So it's a real translatable life skill. But do you figure out how to be funny? Because I just thought I was born. Oh, my well, gosh. you know what you learn? <laughs> What you learn is, uh, yes, I agree. Not everyone is funny. Just tell her she's full of herself, of Heather. That's all you I have know, to tell her. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, honestly, guys, I didn't mean it. I, oh, my gosh. I really, I wonder why you're acting so weird. I'm like, no, I mean, I just think. Like my brother's smart. He's an engineer. I'm funny. I mean, it's just what God gave me. I didn't get a well, choice. Then you should go so. write greeting cards because that's a skill. Like that's a that's that's a way to use your funny in a no way. way. Yeah, go write greeting cards. Make your own greeting. Cards. I've been looking for some extra jingle in my jingle money there. I'll take Why it. Write greeting, greeting cards? cards. I have no. I have no. Okay, idea. this is this is not thing. a Hallmark moment though. Okay, this You're is greeting. another thing we are not sponsored by Hallmark. <laughs> None of us here. I think we would be a special yes. category. You know, you've got the sweetheart, Mary, all stuff. Let's, just I'm because, come up you know. with my own greeting cards called Laugh Lines and Stretch Marks. Oh, that's I love it. Show, love it. Right? Love that's it. Love it. my show. So that's what it's going to be. Laugh Lines and Stretch You're going to hire us. But, I see um, it coming. Let's pretend for one minute people are still listening to this podcast. And <laughs> let's do. <laughs> we pay some people. No, I'm just kidding. I really want to know. About comedy. Let's just pretend for one second that they really want to learn something about comedy. You, uh, that comedy, stand up comedy looks like people are winging it, but they're not. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, the first part of, of the journey is learning what, um, how to write things that are funny and how to write things in a funny way. And then there's a formula to some of it. Same with improv. You know, there's a formula to some of it that you learn. And once you master those things, then you can turn anything into something funny. Absolutely anything. I do it all the time when I write my cancer jokes. You know, you can turn absolutely anything into funny. So what skills from your past? Because, you know, Christina and I, this podcast is new. We realize there's skills in our other careers and just in life that have kind of brought us to this moment. So coming from corporate, concierge, all the things you've done and you tell us about the real skill behind comedy and the real structure behind comedy. What did you bring from corporate that has made you successful in this arena? I well, from being a communications professional, I mean, I obviously bring um, a, a strong writing background to the to the table, which is which has been super important. Um, but I also feel like just every everything that the Venn diagram of 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 all my life experiences in the middle is where I am right now. And and I had said earlier that finding my way into comedy was one thing, staying there was something else. And the staying there is what is the middle of this Venn diagram. I'm a 51-year-old wife, mother, colorectal cancer survivor, um, you know, funny. If I'm being completely honest, I'm a total MILF. Uh, <laughs> I am. Just, just, just in total there honesty. I am. I am. I love I'm it. Total milf. I love Sometimes it. Sometimes I'm a MILF the way you think of it. Sometimes I'm just a mommy intoxicated on liquor frequently. Either way. <laughs> 
either way. So do tell them that like when I Oh my gosh. When we called to talk to you and I got your voicemail, I knew we had the right person. Cause tell them what your voicemail says. I don't even know what my voicemail says. Does it say say I'm a stay at home alcoholic? Because I usually Yeah, stay at home alcoholic. Yeah, but at night I tell jokes during the day I'm a stay at home alcoholic. Um, I know. And people are like, yeah, Heather, after a pandemic, aren't we all? And I'm like, no, I was that before it was hashtag trending. I have been a stand-up <laughs> alcoholic for a while. Yeah. Don't I, take any credit I, I, for like, you. I'm no. the co-founder of this business. Okay. Let, let's like, just be I clear. Started, like, <laughs> I'm the originator. I am the trend. Of, okay, yeah. bitch. That's what it is. <laughs> So ahead of the curve. I was so ahead of the curve. So you know, I love the cool. idea that and you're you're, you're going to have listeners that they're going to like, oh, that's so sad. But I just want them to know that here in in Georgia, where I live, there are a lot of us, and I have found a really great support group, and we meet every Wednesday at a place called Pilates. So I don't want anybody to worry about it. She's fine. She's fine. She's okay, y'all. You know, I'm thinking about too, you know, when we talk about midlife pivots, which is one of the things we talk about a lot here and we really believe in. Everybody doesn't need one, but some women really do. And they see it as something so foreign and so strange. And it would have seemed that way for comedy, but hearing you talk about it, you know, it's more of where you were meant to be. Like you said, when you look at that Venn diagram, you're you're right where you were meant to be. So I want women to be encouraged that sometimes it's the sum of the parts. It's pieces of the different seasons of your life and stages of your life that bring you to a new place. And although it looks like a complete pivot and something totally different, it's really more of a summation or an accumulation or a, you know, uh, an endpoint that was in the making a long time ago. Is that fair to say for you? I think if you are, um, if you are self-aware enough, to, um, to be open to that, then I, I guess I, I absolutely think that, I mean, I, I, I have pivoted along the way in my comedy journey. And sometimes that does feel like a, a little bit of a failure, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm susceptible to that kind of, of limiting belief, you know, and, and talk to myself, um, as much, as much as anybody, but when I look back and I see, oh my gosh, this had to happen and this had to happen and this had to happen mm-hmm. and this had to happen mm-hmm. for me to be right here. So that again, I have the credibility because I have the life experience to talk about what needs to be talked about on stage. The comedy isn't for me. It's for you. Right. It's for the women that are in my audience. So that when, for the, hour that they're in my comedy show, they're like, Oh my God, somebody saw me. They heard me. You know, I feel seen. I feel heard. I feel respected. I feel appreciated. I feel valued. Um, I can't do that if everything was easy, if life was handed to me. And if I wasn't 51 years old, you know, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't still be doing comedy if not, if not for the fact that I had cancer one year into the comedy. Um, and that really kept me in it. Um, it kept me because I realized that I have a real unique opportunity to use my state stage time to remind moms and women that we have got to take care of ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, and that you're okay. I'm okay. That life is too short to worry about those five extra pounds. Go ahead and eat the cupcake. 
Um, and let's laugh at the small stuff so we have the bandwidth to tackle the big stuff that only we as women and moms can. I just love that. You know, dads can't be moms. They just can't. I think Ooh, that's girl. so beautiful. And I have to ask. She moved to South and became know, a preacher. Look, look at, at her go. Uh, Heather, I have to I'm ask. so much more than a funny face, y'all. <laughs> well, I have to ask, when are you coming to California? That's what I want oh, to know. When, girl, when are you coming? California, man, that is a tough comedy market. That is a that is a doggy dog world out there in California. So it is. Apparently, now, Christina, I, though, lives in Redneck, California. No, I live That's in Northern California. So I'm I'm up like by Sacramento. Oh, I know. So, so I'm not down in L.A. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I did a room in L.A. once and woof. It was the stories that the comedians had to tell were just it was like, you know, oh, comedy is a really, really, really tricky. It's a tricky business. Um which is why I always tell people I'm funny. I'm not famous, uh, really funny and not famous, nor do I really, you guys laughed about this earlier. I really am not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to have a Netflix special. What I am trying to do is make a lot of women laugh and get paid for it. And that is a well, you know what? more achievable when, goal. <laughs> well, when you do have a Netflix special, I'm going to be like, when I we, know her. She's my friend. I know. I am your friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, Christina, when we have oh, ours, my gosh. we'll invite Heather on as because you know podcasts get turned into Netflix films all the time, all the time, so all the time. <laughs> Some of them are really bad too. Yeah. So, Heather, you've really found your midlife moxie, and you're living, you know, a great life, and you've you've you found your truest self, which is one thing we like to talk about on here. So. What would you say to women who feel like there's something more inside of them or they feel a little itch or a need for a change? What would you say to them about just embracing that and I would jumping say into that it? We are so blessed to be um, to have lived long enough to achieve to be the age that we are at. Um, nobody knows that better than I. Mm-hmm. And um, and with that, yes. There's a downside to getting older, right? You know, my neck looks like, you know, somebody tried to strangle me with dental floss. Like, I don't even know what's happening here. Somebody, you know, it's very, it's very, I got many lines here. Um, we don't care. But, you know we what don't else? Care. Um, the other great thing about being a woman this age is we, listen, we ha- trust your gut. You know, we know we are we are intuitive people. We know we know stuff. We know when stuff is right and we know when stuff isn't right. Um, Sometimes we're conditioned to um, ignore that. But if somebody is out there and they're going, you know what, there's something more out there then yeah, there probably is. And, you know, I think it's important that women know that shift, that pivot is not a failure. Like if you decide at 45, you're not going to use the degree you got, or you're going to, you know, throw out your tenure out the window, or you're going to change, you know, you're going to lose weight, gain weight, get boobs, whatever you're going to do. I don't think that has to be a reflection on the past. I don't think it's to say, you know, that that was bad or that that was wrong for the time. It's a different time. You're a different person. It's a different season. And I know for me, 
the things that I did prior to where I'm at now, they prepared me for that. Like each was a piece of the puzzle and a part of my story. And so I think we as women, if we can quit being so fearful and quit, quit telling our lie, ourself lies about what these things mean, um, I think that opens us up and we can truly open up our brain to find our truest selves because TikTok, TikTok, there's no time like the present, but the present oh, not is the, the app. time. You mean you're talking about time, time, TikTok. Oh, yeah. I like, yeah. I mean, time, time, TikTok, that kind of time that that's what really kind of changed me when I hit 50. I was, you know, I was pretty good at math and my math brain said, even though you had, you know, great grandmother that lived to 100, let's just go with that. Say you're going to make it to 100 even. You're halfway mm. done. And if you've got things you want to do, things you want to be, the clock is ticking on us, ladies, and we talk about midlife's great, and it is, but the reality is, you know, time is constantly moving forward, and if we don't make that pivot, if we don't go to that comic class, if we don't try the new thing, if we don't make the new friend, if we don't explore the new possibility, if we don't find out who we truly are, there's a chance we might end our story without doing that. And that's what's really sad to me. And that's part of what we want to do here is we want to inspire women to live out their lives. And there's just absolutely nothing that says the way you've lived your life the first 40 or 50 years is the way things have to continue. And it's not about leaving your husband or forsaking your children. It's none of that. You can be your truest self and still be the same mom and wife you've always been. I would almost mm. challenge that you might be better. I was just going to say that, Gail. And matter of fact, you'll be mm. better. You'll be better. Mm. Yes. You'll, you will 100% better. One of the things I love about being this age is I have this, this, I didn't create this saying, but I've, I've, I've adopted it. Yes. You know, stop watering dead house plants. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And at this age, I get to decide. Yep. You know what? That house plant is dead. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to have any freaking house plants. I can be full and complete without house plants. Somebody made that up that I needed some. I, I don't have to. You know, ladies, we don't have to anything. And if you're using words, two of the words I hate are have to mm-hmm. and should. I think should is the worst word in the dictionary. Yes, don't you? Because it sounds like shit. Like I'm going to shit all. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I just hate should. And should mm-hmm. well, it's just racked with guilt and that you're somehow wrong that whatever you're doing you should be doing that so what you're doing is wrong or you should have done this long ago I know when I was about 28 I was going through my first divorce it's my only divorce just to be clear but I remember feeling washed up at 28 y'all I'm like I've wasted all these years and I just it, how silly of me how silly of me But I don't want anybody to feel washed up at any time. I want you to know that any season of your life, I don't care if you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, or 80, you can change things. And it doesn't have to be a complete pivot like Heather made. It may be just adding something, a hobby, a new friend, some travel. I mean, don't y'all agree? It can be small things that enrich the season. Yeah, I mean, Christina had asked, what do my husband and my, my son think about my comedy? And the way I always describe it is, I'm very fortunate. My husband is 100% supportive 
Um, and mm, so, and so I love that. is my son. And I, but I, I get asked this question a lot as a wife and a mom and a stand-up comic, you know, how do you make it work at home? And I, and this is what I say, if it doesn't work for one of us, it doesn't work for any of us. Absolutely. And I love that. that. Say that again. Commitment. That's my commitment to my family, because guess what? Um, I'll find something else then that I'll pivot again. I'll, I'll, I will pivot again and find the other thing, find the next thing, which is actually what I'm doing. I'm actually getting out of the club. I think that's really more important. To, um, keynote speaking. Um, nice. Is, I have more control over my booking, and my that. time and my schedule. Um, and so I'm doing it again. Yeah. And I want our audience to hear that. It doesn't mean you force, forsook your husband or your child or quit being a good mom. This is something you added to your life. And I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm not going to be all these things if I go a new direction or explore who I really am. And it's just it's just so not true. And you're just living proof of that, Heather. Well, I think that what Heather is like laying out for our audience is that there are many layers to who we are and who we're becoming. 100%. And you have said, okay, well, I started with comedy and I had a bout with cancer and that's what helped me get through it because that's what I felt. I don't know if that's what you, you know, said, but that's what I felt 100%. because it was a nice, healthy distraction from all the other stuff that's going on. And then if it doesn't fit for any of us, then I will make a change. And look, at you're making a change again, but everything that you've done is a layer on top of a layer on top of a layer. So it doesn't mean that you're no longer a comic. It just means that now I get to be a keynote speaker and be funny at the same time and probably have a lot more control over the things that I find valuable or things that bring me joy. And I think that's powerful and that people need to recognize mm -hmm. that pivots so many options are, are layers as well. Pivots are layers to who you're becoming. And Heather, I just think that's really awesome. Well, I'm sad that you're not doing shows anymore because I was like, where am I going to get to see her? Like, I want to see her. She can be she can be speaker at our retreat, <gasps> Christina. Oh my gosh. Yes. <gasps> Heather, would you? Oh, would yes. you? Did you see that? Would you? Yes. Oh my gosh. I get and She said she I was a writer. Front row seat. So you you, you know you know we're going to ask you to write something for our blog. <laughs> I actually that's next because <laughs> we do we love to feature our guest that get you then you get to actually what? talk uninterrupted. So it might be awesome. I know, yeah, because you know <laughs> you get to write so that we don't edit it. You know, because we are the big but we interrupt with purpose. I like to think good, or comedy. Good, good luck editing this. This is going to be. <laughs> People say that all the we time it. and we don't we edit it. As it, is. Just, it just goes up oh, and people are brother. like, oh, this is real and raw. It's all good. Some people are like, well, you talk over each other. I'm like, yeah, that's how we yeah, roll. We do. That's, that's that's part of our style. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to be the, we're not, that's not who we are, but gosh, Heather, it's, it's been just a pleasure. And just, I mean, I just, just a smile on my face at spending this time with you because, you know, I think it's a reminder to our audience, you know, to add those things in your lives. They're going to be the seasoning, put the salt in there, put the pepper in there, add a little garlic with all the things that we might want to experiment with and do. And if you're, you know, 50, 55, whatever you are, if there's an itch, if there's a curiosity, something unexplored, girl, go do it. Mm. Go do it. You never know. I always, one of the things I love to say is we never know what God's working out in our lives or the lives of others. And um, sometimes you just have to take that step 
and but it's not a step off a cliff. You took a course and then you did the next thing and the next thing. So Do ladies, don't be, be afraid, afraid to explore that new thing. So do we want to do some rapid fire, yes. Christina? Yes, I go first. I go first. Okay. Okay. This Heather, this is where we ask you just a quick series of questions. It's you oh know, my God, a that's word so or a sentence. Too, so go oh, okay. I've never been asked. So okay, I'm so okay. Oh, okay, here we go. Flip the table. Uh, okay. Favorite comedian. For Fortune Femester. Dang it, she took mine. Fortune Femester. She's amazing. Fortune Femester. Okay. Do you do you I love, do the, love show, the show, Mrs. Maisel? <laughs> I love that show too. Okay. First show, good, bad, indifferent. My, my first show, your first comedy show. Dream place to perform. Um, We got our speech. So dream place to perform would be a a conference for a women's conference of uh, Spanx executives and users. <laughs> I love it. I love Listen, it. Don't, That's going to be a big conference. I, I wear Spanx all the time when I'm dressed up. So my booty looks bigger. So it's all good. <laughs> okay. What, bigger. What's your What's your favorite what? topic? I know. What's your favorite topic to, to go with when you're mom, on stage? Mommyhood, being a mom. Are you funny out in real public? Like, are you funny at the grocery yes. store? Is that turn off? Comquats are hilarious. hilarious. I love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Who <laughs> named them that? I always like, and you're giving them to children. Here's a like comquat. Yeah. Hmm. No, no, Not I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much so funny. bad. Always. Yes. <laughs> So what if someone doesn't think you're funny? Do you I, like think I there's something wrong with them? Um recommend that they get tested for any number of things <laughs> that would maybe make them think I'm not funny. Listen, I'm not for everyone. I'm not for everyone. I love but, it. Uh, and I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, but if you're if you don't think I'm funny, that's fine. But you're not going to sit at my table. You know, <laughs> you can just move on over there with the other and boring I'm be people. Like, you the banker? other confused you people. Be, you must work in I'm freaking funny. <laughs> 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 you're one of okay what's your enneagram last one i don't know what's your enneagram type oh she's a seven. Oh, <laughs> well we we have a podcast about that so you go back and find that one we're gonna ask you to report in I have with no idea what your thoughts now she might be three yeah but we're not supposed to top other people uh, so no. i'm gonna shut yeah, up we're, we're not, not supposed, supposed to, to do that. that we're gonna be good well gosh heather it's been such a pleasure and a joy to have you here today and you know, we don't script these out much. I, I, I want our audience to know we don't I, I like I have no paper in front of me with my notes. We just trust it to go. You know, we kind of pick a, a direction and story we think we want to tell and go with it. And you've just exceeded our expectations for a, a great story and something that is um, meaningful to our audience and can oh, change their you. lives I in a positive so. way. Thanks for the opportunity. I really, really, really appreciate it. I, I know a couple of things, you know, I know that mm. I know that humor heals and that laughter, you know, helps. Mm. It's, I'm not going to say it's the best medicine because sometimes medicine is the best medicine, but mm. I do know that when we share our stories, we can change lives. Mm. And so thanks for giving me the opportunity to do that. I really ah, love you guys. Love, mm. lo- love y'all. Love you. Mean it. You got it. You got it right the second time. Love y'all. That's the sad. Love y'all. Love y'all. <laughs> love y'all. And your mom and them 
all of that. <laughs> so, Christina, we have some uh, affiliates that help make our show possible. What you got? Oh, yes, we do. We have the Boobalicious products. I'm sure Heather could probably go to town on that um, with her comedy shtick. And uh, we talk about lemony fresh Boobalicious products that we have. And they are... Um, vegan and they are natural and they are so good for your lady parts. So if you're trying to hide that sweat or that smell, you might want to head on over to love, L-U-V, boobaliciousproducts.com and then hit Moxie for your savings. That's M-O-X-I-E. What do you There's got, There's nothing Gail? like luscious lemons, Christina. <laughs> luscious lemons. I do, I do love mine. I smear it all over my boobies <laughs> and I smell fresh. When that big, you know, Triple H bra comes off, it just feels, um, smells amazing. Well, I want to talk about shoes because if you know me, you know shoes are one of my favorite things on the planet. And we have partnered with Walking cradles.com walking cradles.com slash moxie will take you right to the site and they have a special deal for you 20% off shoes that are both cute and comfortable y'all they're designed by a woman and she's hidden these secret little pillow pockets in there I got my first pair Christina has her first pair oh, and we fun. love them <laughs> and it doesn't matter what your style is they have a style for everyone from just very traditional cute little flats all the way up to these sassy booties but here's what makes them different sizes 4 to 13 and all widths. And I realized I needed a wide width when I was looking at a flat shoe and I ordered a wide in my walking cradles and y'all, it made all the difference. I got this cute pointy toed flat and my toes aren't squished up and they're silver, which makes me happy. So head over to walkingcradles.com slash moxie, put in the code moxie20 and you'll save 20% on some fantastic shoes and you deserve good shoes and you deserve to be comfortable. Well, that's another wrap of Midlife Moxie. We want to thank our guest, Heather Tolly Bauer. Look at her coming to a conference near you, a conference on Spanx, apparently. And um, my part partner, Christina, what do we say? Until next time, go and get your Moxie on. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>